like to have Joan Crawford for a mother? No, oh, Alana Turner. These are the options. I think you had it pretty good. You or Alana or No, when Joan. I had my breakdown, I would have killed myself if it hadn't been for you. There it is. It's just like that. Good evening. It is Dr. Zeus. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers and soon to be. You know, my mother and I had a very interesting moment years ago. When I was a little kid, the book was called We Help Mommy, Not Daddy. And then my father would read it to me and said, we help you. He would always try to change the words. And even as a little kid, it irritated me. I was a strange child. Um, But my mother, it was funny. Um, when years later uh, I was working at her college, she was a teacher and I was a library assistant. And we went to work one day and we're on our way and this gentleman cuts us off. And so I said, come on, mom, you got to do it like this. And I taught her to flip the guy, the bird. I'm sure she had done it before. And it was a bonding moment. My father found out about it and got really, really pissed. I can't believe you. You taught your mother how to do that. You could have gotten shot. Yeah. I'm trying not to do that myself these days. I'm trying to let go of the road rage. Just relax. You know, because I don't want my mother to say, oh my God, they shot the him. Oh my God. And then look at me. Oh, I told him to wear clean underwear. He's not even wearing any. Yeah, Because <laughs> they want to look out for you. Oh, mothers. Um... It's, you know, I mean, you have your icons. You have the good, the bad, and of course. You have the ugly. No, you know where to find the boys and the boobs. Remember that? No more wire hangers? It's it. I watched that years ago when my grandmother was still alive and my grand I asked her, I said, what did she think of that? And she looks at me and she says, you know what? I don't care what she did to that damn kid. She was a damn good actress. That was my grandparents like to curse, but not in the way that we do today. Not, not around me. I never heard them say fuck. I never heard them say, um, I did hear like they'd say shit, damn hell cocksucker. Like when, um, I was a teenager, you know, this whole Monica Lewinsky thing was going on, and I overheard my grandmother, my grandmother's talking about Monica in front of me, she shouldn't have, and she's like, oh, she's just a cocksucker, (laughs) and I was at school, and we had to do a media report, and we were watching, it it was big news, we're watching it on CNN in class, the teacher notices I haven't done the media report, Mr. Mr. So-and-so, I can't use my real name on here, (laughs) Dr. Zeus, we'll go with that. Why didn't you do your media report? What is your opinion on Miss Lewinsky? You've always had a very interesting opinion. Because uh, one time I made a joke about Clinton. This was months before. And he looks at me and says, It's not becoming of you. That's very beneath you. I would, very, I would silence. Okay. He um, says, What do you think of Monica Lewinsky? And I said, Well, you know, with all due respect, we're all talking about what she did under the desk. Let's be real. She did. She's a cocksucker. Everyone in this room knows what that is. And he got, oh, my goodness. Mr. Mr. We, Ms. Dr. Zeus, we don't use that kind of language in here. I hold your degree in my hand, your, your diploma in my hand. I said, I understand that. And then afterwards, everyone leaves and he says, I appreciate your candor. But remember, we don't talk like that in here. Oh, okay. Yeah, but of course, 
My grandmother, you know, had a way with words. As did this mother. Maybe just a little true. <laughs> I don't ask much from you, girl. Why can't you give me the respect that I'm entitled to? Why can't you... But I love this. When she goes to choke her, I, I added a new sound effect. Any stranger on the street? Because I am not one of your fans she might as well might as well ate her i mean you know she jumped she dived on her and then you know of course you have well you know there are mothers and all different there's you know mothers and then there's carrie fisher um i think the mermaids one you know that that's the well and then there's great gardens you know Little Edie and, and Big Edie. Big Edie being the mom, you know, and, and even Big Edie in her 50s, the mom is still telling her what to do. Let's see if I can find it. In a small visit, confidence. Is that a fashion thing? I thought it was the cat's pajamas in there. She could have married this Gerald Geddes. She, she's talking about the men she could have married. Did that. He was an artist from a very good family. He was in the social register. This is the worst one of my wedding pictures. It's very difficult to keep the line. Yeah, but there's a great moment with her and the mom. Right in back of my portrait. Oh, isn't that awful? No, that is. In fact, somebody's doing something they want to do. It was a very interesting tale right there because, you know, they're a mother and a daughter and they're living in squalor. They came from money. How did the money go away? Did they, you know, I don't think they could, they got used to maids and butlers doing everything for them, you know, and um, they were... Uh, relatives of Jackie Kennedy, and well, we know what happened to Jackie. Eh. Married Aristotle Onassis, who was old enough to be her great grandfather, <sighs> and then decided one day to go topless while sunbathing. And Larry Flint's people were like, We got the Jackie O edition. Can you just imagine JFK from the afterlife as, as those pictures go? to Flint Magazine, Hustler. No! What is it? My friend told me a joke about JFK, his last words. I think him... I think your car backfired. I don't know. That's what I hear. I don't know where he heard that. Huh. You know, I've heard some weird things about Jackie Onassis as a mother. You know, it is very interesting to be a part of this house. Can you just imagine if she was a little more real? Yes. Sometimes when we know Jack is fucking around, 
we go downstairs to the den. And I tell the children, Daddy might have another family coming soon. Yeah, because she's preparing them for the Armageddon of their relationship. And that, and that was during the Cuban Missile Crisis because there's audio of her talking about them going into the bomb shelter. Oh, my goodness. I once asked my grandmother about that. I said, what was that like living during that era? She says, you know what? I just sat there on the couch, smoked my cigarette, and just prayed. Of course, she, it was always, unfortunately, a cigarette was always included until 1981 when she stopped. Um, Yeah, she told me that when JFK was assassinated, she was sitting in front of the TV crying and smoking. Um, Her mother, my great-grandmother Mary, who died when she was 37, strangely enough, the age where I am at, um... Mary, Mary, Mary died, and before Mary died, she caught my grandmother smoking, and she says to her, "You know, nothing will good, nothing good will come of that." And unfortunately, she was right because it killed her. So years later, um, because let's see, she stopped in '81, and then 20 years later, it killed her in 2001. But it had already spread, and you know, life sucks. It truly sucks. And my mother, my mother, you know, was kind of like my grandmother. My mother are basically twins. You know, that's what you're going to get from your mother and your father is their DNA. Your, your looks, my father looks exactly like his mother. They are twins. It's strange. Um, my grandmother had certain affectations. Like if you were bullshitting her, <laughs> she'd laugh like that. She's like, okay, okay. <coughs> Most of her cats, all their names were Cookie. I'm not kidding. Um, but my mother, my mother was hilarious. <laughs> and then a lot of my friends who are like mothers are also hilarious. Um, a few of my friends who are like my mother smoke, unfortunately, very, very, you know, but you can't say to, I mean, it's almost like you can't, you know, show them the film of the lung being removed. So every now and then I throw it in there, you know. Oh, what was it like? Well, you know, my grandmother was supposed to have half of the lung removed and they took the whole damn lung. And then she died like that. Let's see, they took the lung out in November of 2000. She died in February of 2001. That's pretty quick. So she did what to eat. So, you know, it's like, okay, what do you say to your friends who smoke? Do you tell them the whole story? Do you read or digest it? Do you... Well, you can't sugarcoat it. I've learned you can't sugarcoat anything. And I work with people who like to sugarcoat. Oh, it's fine. It's nothing. And now I'm going to make an appearance for this fucking shit. Now... Look at me. They sugarcoated my voice. You think I'm happy about that? I don't fucking think so. Homie, don't play that. But this is like, you know, it's like Tweedledee and Tweedledum. When I come around, it's basically his Robin Quivers. Because he needs a, a sidekick for those long moments. Isn't that right? Yeah, you have a point. You know, um... That's like my Jiminy Cricket on, on crack right there. 
or no, that's a bad word, crack. Um, my Jiminy Cricket on helium. You know, whenever I think of crack, I think of Whitney Houston. And, and unfortunately, I had a few friends who did crack. And, you know, I love when they would try to sell the idea to me. You know, I learned so much about myself. Yeah, you've been awake for four fucking days and you stink and you didn't take a shower and you smell like weed and meth. I don't think so. And how they would pick at their skin and they would, oh my God, they would eat the nastiest shit. They would like make these concoct they'd get peanut butter um celery celery was good with peanut butter but then they would go get tic tacs i mean i was like oh my god i'm i was thankful i just smoked the weed i didn't do the meth they would do the meth and i'm like oh it was sad to watch but at the same time, it was kind of funny to have them try to sell it to me, the, to try to pitch the idea that crack is actually good and say, well, you know, Whitney said crack is whack, and look what happened. to Well, Whitney wasn't dead yet. She had not achieved her somewhat comeback. I look to you. It didn't sound like that. It was more like, I look to you. Cause she could, her voice was gone. A little, a little bit of that is cigarettes and crack. And I love how she says, "Oh no, it's just the cigarettes." No, that was crack. It was whack. I mean, and this, this is where some the mother has to step in. Her mother did not fucking step in. She said, "I was gonna let God take care of it." Yeah, you can only do that so far. Oh, I was waiting for her to get clean. No, she should have came and lived with you and retired. That's it. You know, but she turned a blind eye. I'm sorry, but she did. And then she told Oprah she would have had a problem if Whitney was a lesbian. And now it's coming out that Whitney and Katie Lang were buddies. Constant Whitney cravings. I love Katie Lang. Oh my God. Um, what is it? She's got that song, Pollyanna. Pollyanna. Oh, the Canadians. Oh my God. You got to love it. How they treat their mothers, you know, like we treat them. Of, 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 except though here, we don't take them to an NRA rally. <laughs> oh God. Although they do, they do a lot of hunting in Canada, you know, but you don't hear a lot about uh, gun deaths. In Canada, more so you hear about people coming from America. Ooh, finally, freedom. Huh. Mother's Day. See, you know, and you gotta, we gotta go back to this, you know, the, the being in labor, something a man like myself is never going to witness. Or, you know, I don't know. Uh, some people in my family told me how sometimes the drugs would wear off and then they're having the baby and then, you know, it's like someone's holding your hand, they almost break the hand. I'm like, damn. Or as, what, it was one movie where she said, yeah, it felt like I was pushing a Miata through my legs. Mazda Miata. Remember those? <laughs> God. Uh, makes me think of, um, oh, this is the good one. A mother should always expose her children to interesting people. 
Dr. Maya Angelou was one of those. African-Americans who were there, we gathered around him like his children. And he liked me, and we liked each other. I met Malcolm X at my mother's house in Ghana. My mother went out and bought about six chickens. And she rarely fried chicken. And I was almost sorry to meet Malcolm X because the chicken was so good and I had to share it with him. (laughs) But the thing about Malcolm is, for a person of his stature, for me to ask a question and for him to think about it and then come back with an answer, (sighs) I captured my heart. Isn't that interesting? I like that story right there. Because here is Guy Johnson, my Angelo's son. She had him when she was 16. And I remember the story she tells about it. She, her mother says, so we're going to have a baby. And you got to love him. And it's going to be tough. But she didn't act like she had just ruined her whole life having the baby at 16. She's like, no, you're going to have the baby. Do you love him? No. Well, You'll learn to love him. And she did. You know, it's being a teenager, I think it's it's a different aspect. Or no, I think she did love him. I don't know if she's maybe talking about the man that pregnated her. Um, but back to the Malcolm X thing. Isn't that interesting? She very rarely fried chickens. And Malcolm X shows up and she's like, oh, I'm going to fry these chickens. And the son is like, I wanted that chicken for myself. <laughs> and now i got to share it with Malcolm X, civil rights leader. She was also good friends of Dr. King. So when I think of mothers, there are all types of mothers. You know, there's the mothers and the hours. I'm not going to go there because that's such a depressing fucking movie. But then there's these mothers. What's that smell? I don't smell anything. Hmm. Are you wearing something? A little Ben Gay on my knees. <laughs> A little Vicks on my chest. <laughs> A little deep heat on my neck. What are you trying to do? Pickle yourself so you'll live to be 100? I'll wipe it off tomorrow. I'll be in a wheelchair. Good night, Bob. Good night. <laughs> Sophia and her daughter, Dorothy Spornak. That was always interesting, that relationship. You know, the first season, we see Sophia. We meet Sophia. And Shady Pines has just burned down. I think later they rebuilt it because Dorothy would always say, Shady Pines, Ma. Oh, you get to go there. And um, so she's sitting there. Blanche is about to go out on a date. And the gentleman says, ooh, this must be your sister. Uh, you must be her sister. And Sophia's like, you must be blind. And then Blanche comes out and she's like, oh, hi, Sophia. Who are you? You don't remember me? It's me, Blanche. You look like a prostitute. Yeah. Because Sophia, as we all know, said uncensored things because she had that stroke. Although people, I think, didn't believe her that the stroke was the factor for no tact. You know, but she would say some, I mean, picture it, Sicily. Oh, I got to do this. Picture it, Sicily, 1922. 
I was in business. I was making pizzas and another person stole my recipe. And that other person's name was Mama Celeste. She would tell these outrageous stories. Not as outrageous as Rose's and, you know, St. Olaf. <coughs> Olaf. Oh, my God. I can't even do Rose's stories. I just thought of, um, I used to watch Designing Women as a kid. Oh, my God, I love them. In the first season, um, they were doing a Thanksgiving episode. And Julia and Suzanne, their mother was there with her friend, Bernice Clifton, who would later become uh, a key character on Designing Women. I almost said Golden Girls. Might might as well have been Golden Girls. Um, And she's like, talking about how Bernice had a stroke, and then she says, you know, family and friends are everything, aren't they, Perky? Oh, Bernice, you can say that again. Family and friends are everything, aren't they, Perky? And she repeated, (laughs) you know, because that's what the stroke does. So, But then Bernice did this really outrageous thing. Whenever Anthony would come around, she would sing, and I'm not kidding you, Black man, black man, where did you go to? Yeah, I don't know where she heard that. <laughs> there was a, a nuttiness to Designing Women that I loved. Suzanne with the pet pig. Julia singing, no man's God is, or how, um, here, I'll, I'll sing this to uh, all the mothers out there. Because watching her do it, she did it to um, her son Payne on his wedding day. And uh, I was looking at the lyrics and I thought, oh, that would be funny to sing. And so let's see if I can do it. I used to sing this to Payne when he was a little boy. <laughs> no cow made as got a shade on. Sweet Georgia Brown, two left feet, oh so neat as sweet Georgia Brown. They all sigh and want to die for sweet Georgia Brown. I'll tell you just why, you know I don't lie too much. Uh, it's been said she knocks them dead when she lands in town and attacks them. So that's my tribute to all the mothers out there. Um, Julia Sugarbaker, one of my favorites, singing, Sweet Georgia Brown. But see, that's not in the lyrics when she gets in town in a Texas. She added that because obviously Julia was drinking. And then after the performance, Suzanne, you know how Suzanne Sugarbaker was. Excuse me. Excuse me. May I see that for a minute, please? And she has the guy open the, the video camera and she takes the tape out. Thank you. So either she's going to use that as blackmail or she's saving it to cover up her sister's reputation because she's like, she, you know, probably a little bit of both. With siblings, that's what happens. You know, and, and Julia, um, very sometimes the son would come on the show. You know, one time he was dating an older woman. That was interesting. And here's to you, Mrs. Robinson. Pain loves you more than you will know. But it's Julia Sugarbaker's show. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 
Yeah, The Graduate. That's an interesting fucking movie. Huh, older woman, and at the same time, he is in love with the daughter. And the mother's already, that's strange right there. The mother's already had him, Benjamin. And the daughter gets to have him too. But then, see, the end is left ambiguous. And I won't say the end because probably some of you have yet to watch The Graduate. It's good. I mean, you know, there's that famous moment, Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. <laughs> And she's just laughing, you know. So, um, yeah. Don't uh, count out mama. I mean, there's so many instances in film and media of mothers. Uh, my favorite is The Lion in Winter, where Catherine Hepburn, she has the three children. And, and King Henry II has locked them up because he's going to have more children. And he, you know, he can't ever let them out, according to the little girlfriend. So Catherine Hepburn shows up with these weapons. She's like, my barge is sailing with the tide and I've come to say goodbye. I brought you a little something. And, she, and they were all daggers. And then she goes to leave and then they corner her. Don't, don't let her go. She might warn him. Dear, dear, whatever shall we do with mother? It's like, uh-oh. But she was a good one because then she's like, when she first arrives, you know, and she says to King Henry, how dare of you to let me out of jail. And then she says, oh, but I do have neat children. Oh, John, you're so clean. You're so neat. Henry takes good care of you. And Richard, don't let sink your eyes. It makes your face look piggy. Jeffrey. Good. And then she's talking about uh, King Philip of France. That almost could have been her son because, you know, she didn't have... Um, any sons for his father, just daughters, so she left. And she's like, good, good, Louis, if I had had a son for him instead of all those little girls, I'd still be stuck with being queen of France, and we should not have known each other. Such, my angels, is the role of sex in history. And she was the mother that would say some pretty whacked-out shit. And she's sitting there, she's tried to orchestrate this coup against King Henry, and she's sitting there, and she's playing with the jewels. Jewels, not, you know, the other ones. And she's like, she picks up this, like, necklace, and she's like, I'd hang you from the nipples. But you'd shock the children. I thought, oh, my God. No wonder she won an Oscar for that. And about 50 years ago, Lion in Winter and another film both came out. It was a big, big year. And then... Ingrid Bergman. The winner, the winners are, it's a tie. The winners are Catherine Hepburn in The Lion in a Winter and Barbara Streisand in Funny Girl. Did Catherine Hepburn show up? No, never. And then in the 70s, she showed up to give a friend an award. She had a big standing ovation. You know how she was. Her birthday was yesterday. One of my favorites. She goes up there and she's like, Thank you. I'm very, very moved. I'm also surprised that nobody called out. It's about time. I am the good example of someone. I am the prime example of a person who can wait 41 years to be unselfish. Barbara Streisand showed up to collect her award in that famous tie. 
And she, you know, said a very famous line. Oh, hello, gorgeous. And then she went into this number thing about, oh, the script was completed 20-something years ago. I'm like, oh, my God. But her father was, you know, a scientist and a mathematician. So I guess that's where she gets it from, you know. Um, yeah, I want to go back into this. No gal made has got a shade on sweet Georgia Brown. Two left feet oh so neat as sweet Georgia Brown. They all say and want to die for sweet Georgia Brown. I'll tell you just why. You know I don't lie too much. Uh, all those gifts, those courtiers give to sweet Georgia Brown. Yeah, that's all I'm going to do. Julia Sugarbaker probably does it the best. I want to hear the other versions, but her version, oh my God. You know, and that's what mothers do. Mothers show up, they give, you know, some humor to their children. And she did that in her instance, giving it to her son, Payne, you know, and, and then the son's like, oh, don't worry, mom never takes her clothes off unless people throw money. <laughs> yeah, you gotta love designing women. The humor, you know, there was even a, a very poignant moment that I talked about yesterday where Suzanne had a foster child and her name was Lee Singh. And she wanted to keep her and she couldn't. And the Lee Singh says, you know, we learned a song about you. It's called, Oh, Susanna, Don't You Cry For Me. And Suzanne was just, you know, smitten with this little girl. She gave her her old tiara. And you know, for Suzanne, that's pretty big when she's giving away tiaras, like popcorn. And then they both come into a sugar bakers one day and they're dressed up alike in these little pink outfits. And she says, what do we say to the man at the counter when we give him the card? Charge it. Yeah. But then she later substituted leasing. I don't know how you could do that with a pet pig named Noel. And I love how Julia just was like, we got, you know, later on, we're going to have a little chat about this. What are you saying? I'm thinking it's time this little piggy went to market. Yeah, very, very honest. And Suzanne's just kind of looking at her like, my favorite, though, is when she, um, this one little girl comes to the uh, Sugar Baker's design firm, and I forget her name, and her and Suzanne are having a fight, and she, uh, is, ha Julia says, you know, you got to straighten up and fly right. And you're going to be respectful and good manners to your elders. And Suzanne's in the back of the little girl going, <laughs> and Julia, that is to say your mental elders. Yeah. See, Julia always had the upper hand. But when she got drunk and sang Sweet Georgia Brown, she didn't have the upper hand. So, you know, Suzanne in that instance took it. But it's Mother's Day. I have a cake to look in on. I wish all of the mothers happy Mother's Day. If you notice, I haven't cussed like I usually did because, you know, I have a dirty mouth on me. My mouth was washed out with soap twice. It didn't work. You know, my brother's worse than me. He says fuck all the time and in front of people that he shouldn't. But, you know. That's a horse of a different color. <laughs> and he's 
He likes to pretend he's a conservative, which is kind of funny. Well, I voted for Obama, but you know what? I'm a little more conservative. It's like, okay, cut the shit. You're just trying to be big and bad. I don't think so. This is the Dr. Seuss podcast. And remember, if you want a cup of shut the fuck up, don't watch the Real Housewives of Shut the Fuck Up, okay? I feel bad for those mothers. Andy Cohen is using them. And some of them like it. Candy. Go back to escape. Just kick it. Stop doing real housewives. I'm just relax your feet. Yeah. This is the Dr. Seuss podcast saying good night. And unpleasant dreams. Yes. Good night.